You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved of God, I have never been to medical school, and when I was in school, I didn't care much for biology. But still, I think I would be a pretty good medical doctor. I imagine having a non-specialty practice for patients with any condition. I would start the examination of all my patients in the same way. First, I would ask them about their family history. I could accomplish this by having them answer this one-question form in the waiting room. Are your mother and father subject to death and decay? If they answer yes, then I would point out that such a condition is hereditary and that this explains all the problems and pain they are having. Unless my patient was Jesus, they would all get the same diagnosis. You have the death inherited from your parents. My medical practice would not need fancy names for things like heart disease, cancer, leukemia, Alzheimer's, autism, and so forth. Those would all be distinctions without a difference. The treatment would be equally as obvious as the diagnosis. If the condition is death and the condition is hereditary, then the treatment is quite obvious. You need different parents. You don't need an improvement of this life, but an altogether new life with new parents and a new inheritance. You need another set of genes. You need to be begotten anew and get another life. Now, at this point, I suspect that most of my patients would get angry and not want to pay their bill. They would object. Dr. Hayes, that's stupid. Why should I pay you for that diagnosis? You are a hack. Shouldn't it be obvious to everyone that death is the problem without having to be told? To which I would reply, no, but you do need to be told. Because you, like your parents, are convinced that death is not really that big of a deal and that somehow, by your smarts or goodness, you will get out of it and that it will not be so bad for you. I've seen the movies you watch, and isn't that always what happens? The movies are about you, you think. You think you are the hero who can cheat death in the last five minutes. But in fact, it will be worse for you than you think. Death, you see, is but the wages of sin, and you really do not want to die in your sin. Still, they would complain, well, it's stupid, Doc, if you even are a real doctor, and I'm not going to pay this bill because the treatment you suggest is ridiculous. How am I supposed to get different parents? What are you saying? That I could enter some sort of surrogate womb and be conceived again and inherit new genes that won't give me the inheritance of death? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. 
to which I would reply, it may sound like science fiction, even otherworldly, but there is one man I know who did it, and it worked. Thousands of people saw that it worked. Even when people killed him and buried him, after three days he rose from the dead. Death could not hold him, for life, not death, was his inheritance from his father. His is a well-documented case. You can hear about it anywhere in the world. It's no secret. His name is Jesus Christ. His father has life in himself, and so he gave to his son to have life in himself. Thus was Jesus conceived in a virgin womb without the aid of a man, without the inheritance of sin and death, but by the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life. This Jesus did what no one else could do. What's more, he has freely provided access to his eternal inheritance of life to all my patients. This is really great news for you. Such a deal. Of course you do not need to re-enter a womb. See, he gives us water and by the power of his eternal word brings with it his life-giving spirit and adoption into his eternal inheritance. You too will have God as your father and receive an imperishable kingdom. His resurrection proves that it works. Here, be baptized. It costs you nothing, and everything is already prepared. Like I said, I think I could be a great medical doctor, but not a profitable one. Now, you would think that a free remedy for death would have people lined up down the street. If a pill were invented tomorrow that could cure cancer just so that you can go die from something else, people would still try to obtain it no matter the cost or the effort. Having obtained such a pill, they would limp along for a few more years and then still die. But here in Jesus' baptism, a new life and inheritance is given for free and without effort. It cures death itself, so that whoever believes will not die eternally, but be raised in the resurrection of Jesus unto life eternal. And yet, few want this. It is treated as a joke. Stupid. And even many who have received Jesus' baptism daily forget that it is already working in their daily lives. Beloved of God, Trinity Sunday is about your baptism because baptism delivers to you the life of the Holy Trinity, the living and true God. The Trinity is not just a doctrine to know about for confirmation class, but is himself your God who baptized you, who saved you, and who loves you, who has given you a new name 
and a new inheritance, a new father. Jesus explains to Nicodemus the divine life that baptism gives in earthly terms. There are no hard words such as the jargon you hear in your doctor's office. And yet Nicodemus cannot believe or grasp it by his understanding of natural processes of of how babies are conceived and born, but only can he understand it by the Spirit who works faith when and where he wills. For this is how God loved the world, that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The world and our own sinful flesh do not like the way God loves the world. We think he should love the world in a different way, a flashier way, a more impressive way. St. Paul says that the good news of Jesus and the new life he gives is stupidity to human wisdom. It's folly. The top thinking in all fields of study from medicine and philosophy to religion and science will always call the gospel stupid. It is not hard enough, but free by grace. It is not showy enough, but comes to us through the weakness of the cross. It is not spiritual enough, but as common as water, words, bread and wine. It is not exclusively available only to those with the right insurance plan or the right money or the right government entitlements, but is freely offered to all. It is not hard enough to grasp so that one requires a fancy degree, but is given to those who come on the same level as infants and illiterate children. And yet, for those who are being saved, for you, this great news is the power of God. Power to raise us from the dead. Power to give us new life through water and the Spirit. Power even to forgive us all our sins and make us sons of God. Dear Christian. Be not like the man in the doctor's office who, when offered the cure for his disease, refuses to take it because it seems stupid to him. Rejoice, rather, at this great news. Christ is born to give us second birth. Christ is slain for all your sins. Christ is raised for your resurrection. Christ has sent his Spirit into your hearts so that you cry, Abba, our Father. You are the object of this triune's God, God's love and special attention. He loves you. He urges you to call him Father. He did not spare his only Son for you. He earnestly desires to make you temples of his Holy Spirit, He forgives you all your sins for Christ's sake. He gives His Spirit as a pledge and guarantee of the resurrection of your body unto eternal life. God loves the world. And God loves you. He did not wait for the world 
or for you to first become lovable. All on his own, by grace alone, he loved you and gave his son for you. He is generous toward you and always will be. Rejoice in this and give thanks. You also be generous with your family and your friends, your neighbors and your co-workers, to your church and to your pastor. Be quick to forgive them as God has forgiven you. Be patient and kind as God is patient and kind-hearted toward you. Bear the sins of others and cover them up with love, even as God's love became incarnate to cover your sins. As it says, his banner over me is love. This is who we are in Christ. This is our new life, the new birth of water and the Spirit. In baptism, we were crucified together with Christ. It is no longer we who live, but Christ lives in us. And the life we now live in the flesh, we live by faith in the Son of God, who loved us and gave himself up for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.